0: Walter Band here. Uh, Let's get political. Can I hear you guys? Ready? Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's get political. Ready? Let's get political! (laughs) Alright, let's try it one more time. Two more times. Ready? Evelyn, ready? Ready? One, two, three. Let's get political! Alright, one more time. Ready? That was good. That was much better. That was like six. Let's get to eight. Ready? Ready? Faith, ready? Right? One, two, three... Let's get political! Yes! Okay, so welcome. I'm the advisor of the Voyager Eastern High School. Let's get political. Uh, Teens need to learn how to get political, whether you're conservative, liberal, progressive, moderate, Marxist, socialist, whatever. You have a right in this country to be political without being jailed, right? And that includes your rights as high school journalists to write professionally, provocatively, ethically, morally about positions that you think are important, right, without the fear of censorship. Alright, So, uh, my objective today to demonstrate how to get staff—that's all you—to be politically engaged. Right. Number one, pay attention and look what's happening on the news. Right. Number two, to show how to engage the school in hot-button topics in a civil manner. right? Civil discourse. Not shouting, not calling everyone names, or belittling someone. right? In a civil discourse. This is a democracy. One side says something, another side says something. There's a debate, there's a vote, and then we move on. Until the next time, there is a vote. Number three, to show examples of political engagement. From the Voyager. I mean, we've won lots of awards, right? In fact, we just won overall excellence in the state, Division A, for the Voyager. So obviously, we know what we're doing here, right? The idea is to help schools maintain a political engagement. And number four, to demonstrate how to balance opinions in a fair and equitable manner, okay? That's very, very, how to balance opinions, right? Pro con. Yes, no. Yes to weed. No to weed in New Jersey. Right? right, The staff, you guys, have a duty to discuss important topics. Why? Many students do not know where to get accurate news. If you look at recent statistics, students aren't reading newspapers unless you're here when we're reading the Inquirer. Um, You're not watching network news. You're not watching the Sunday morning programs. If you are, please come talk to me. You need to start writing politically. Okay? But where do you get your information? On Twitter? Right? On Instagram? Someone says something and you retweet it? That could be a total lie. Right? It could be totally false. Have you checked that with various sources? Right? If you get all your information from one well, and you think that's divine truth, that well could be tainted. Right? It has an agenda. Right, so you go to other wells to make sure that this is an actual fact and statistic, not something that's made up or propaganda. Students do not know legitimate sites versus partisan sites. All right? Okay, what's a partisan site? All right, if I'm if I'm the uh, NRA and I'm quoting statistics, I know what their agenda is. All right? If I go to the far left. And they're saying blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, I know what their agenda is. Okay, but what are, what are the facts? The stuff from the NRA could actually be true, but you don't know it's true until you confirm it with other sites that aren't partisan. right? Number three, students may often align with affiliation at home or community. Right? So you walk into the class with preconceived notions of what's right or wrong. Liberal, Democrat, progressive, whatever. Here, you can... Engage, find out, like, okay, put away your bias, we all have bias, and then look at the various information that's present and then come up with a, an idea. Oftentimes, and all, all of us do this, it's deductive versus inductive, is that we have an idea. And then you cherry pick the examples that support a preconceived notion uh, or an idea that you have. Right? Like, for instance, if I came into a class, and you guys were, say, a CP-level class, and I said, all you kids are dumb. You're in CP English. You're stupid. I'm not going to waste my time. Right? I'm going in with a preconceived notion, rather than going into the class, like, I have no idea what level they are. If I went in not knowing what level you guys are, I might say, okay, tonight you guys have an essay due. Tonight. Right? And actually, they might actually do it. Because I don't have any preconceived notions of what they're capable of. Right? Maybe a teacher doesn't push them enough. So my point is, be able to go into a topic, saying, "Okay, I have this. I already have, I have a bias, but let's see where the information falls, right? Uh, and where the facts are." And reading a uh, lots of information on that. Right? Students have to look at a variety of sources. Uh, voices in the minority and conservative need to be heard. Okay? Schools, kids are generally liberal and as you grow older and pay taxes you get a little bit more conservative right not always and sometimes it works the other way i was conservative and moved a little bit more progressive and more back to moderate i've been all over the place right but you're a human being right you change your mind i had a, i had an idea today i read something i listened to some people i changed my mind now i think this way right and then till i you know read something else but that's just, that's just how human beings are. We're not static. We're not just one thing for our whole life. Students need to understand their rights, the First Amendment rights. You guys self-censor yourselves way too much. Oh, Mr. Bound, you would never allow that to be published. Oh, the school would never allow us to write about uh, tenure reform or this or that. Why are you saying we can't? Right? Don't you know the First Amendment? Right. The closing of the American mind should not happen under our watch. Right. There are schools that deny speakers to come to the school, even though they have positions, because oh, the school student body doesn't appreciate their view. Like when Condoleezza Rice was going to Rutgers, she was the Secretary of State under Bush, second Bush. Uh, students didn't like her, protested, and so they revoked the the speakers. Okay, that's ridiculous, right? That's closing of the mind. That's shutting down doors, right? If you shut someone down who you don't like, well they're not going to go away. right? So let's have an open dialogue in a civil manner. Okay, these are things uh, to get political. Have staff make a master list of topics that are important for teenagers. right? This includes stuff like you said, pornography, sex abuse, domestic abuse, dealing with parents that are alcoholics, uh, dealing with a friend who's suicidal. We have a duty, you guys have a duty, to report on things to make people safe to make teenagers make wise decisions to hold adults teachers administrators administrators mayors board members legislators senators congressmen accountable we're the, we're that fourth estate guys All right and oftentimes it's school local school newspapers who are taking over what local newspapers used to do and there's tons of examples of school newspapers doing really good journalism because there's no local news anymore, and we'll talk about why that might be. Alright, so college cost decisions, sex education, drug education policy, right? Talking about the heroin epidemic, vaping like you guys are doing, date rape, sex abuse, mental health, health care after emancipation from parents. The, pres- the presidential candidates are talking about Medicare for all. Right? Is that a good idea, like they have in England and Canada? Or is that a really, really bad idea, especially if there's no private like, uh, option? All right. Uh, you need wide and deep research. The staff needs to research a variety of outlets. In order to properly research a topic, the staff needs access to a wide range of media and research sites. Some show them some biased ones, those with an agenda. All right, if I go to Breitbart, right, or if I go to Mother Jones on the left, or I go to the far left the far right they have bias right and newspapers only became objective really in the last 50 years maybe 75 years uh there was a whig newspaper there was a republican newspaper there's a democrat newspaper papers were always partisan up until recently like in the last 50 years right Uh, so if you're a republican Or, Whig, you would pick up the Whig newspaper. If you were a Democrat, you would pick up the Democrat newspaper. And oftentimes, news channels now, if you're conservative, you generally watch Fox. If you are liberal, you generally watch MSNBC. So, it's like, so if you turn on only those stations, they just reconfirm for you your preconceived notions of the truth, right? So, we all live in this like echo chamber, right? I don't want you to live in that echo chamber. I don't live in that echo chamber. I don't watch that stuff. Uh, because I like to be independent, right? not have a party affiliation. That's just because my nature as a journalist and as a free thinker. Right? All right, another thing uh, that the staff could do is something called short tutorials. We started doing this uh, a few years back where the staff would pick a topic that they have an opinion on, write up a little blurb of some facts, statistics, and their position, and it was a way to cover lots of topics in a short time frame. So it was like little, little clips right um and it has it, worked pretty well right um and again with the judges the judges generally like this um the problem sometimes comes and there's no opinion it's just like this is like a news brief no it needs to be an opinion if it's on the opinion page where do you stand on like offshore drilling or where does the staff fall on marijuana legislation okay staff editorial and again um most newspapers have a staff editorial it's like this is the position of the paper this is either a candidate we're endorsing. Now the USA Today and Al Newharth, he said he didn't want any of that. Uh, he said that does not, you know, they don't even use anonymous sources in the USA Today. Uh, I'm reading now his book, uh, that uh, SOB, Confessions of an SOB, it's, it's pretty interesting actually. Um, found at museum and things like that. Uh, Gannett News Services. And, but the, generally, the newspaper, uh, the staff, the editorial staff has an opinion on, say, parking on grading, on any sorts of issue that is a concern to the students. And then they research, they come up with arguments, they do inductive, deductive reasoning, they use ethos, logos, pathos, everything that is in the arsenal of a great persuasive writer. And they write it as a collective body and publish it. Right uh, This year the Voyager won second and third place, uh, the first time we've ever um, Got awards in staff editorial writing, uh, which was a, it was pretty good. I was very happy with that, and I did see um, some progress there. So staff editorials are very very important. As long as they're fair, they're balanced, and they're not a rant. These are not rants. These are logical arguments and, and taking a position, and then what can be done. Staff editorials can also be praise. If you want to praise a teacher, praise the administration. Uh, do some do some things. They don't have to be. You know this is bad and this is how it can be better it's like this is great and we've come a long way so staff editorials there's a whole range of things that you can do for a staff editorial it can be we want to give recognition to a community leader right or an unsung hero a student who's done amazing things right so things like that all right the staff can make a huge impact on the local media on the local uh, on the local scene um, in the community okay we've done this with lakes Polluted lakes, Sherwin Williams and Lucas Lake and the Paintworks Lake and all these different things. Uh, the Echelon Mall, Voorhees Town Center. What's happening to this? Because local news, if you, I don't know if you've noticed, it's kind of been dwindling, right? It's hard to make money because where are people buying newspapers and advertising and how do they generate revenue? People don't want to. They put up paywalls. People don't want to pay for their news. Oh, that's a problem so who picks who's picking up at the slack oh, it's local school newspapers right who are doing great things right you guys are doing great things I encourage you out there in the world to cover things in your community and uh, make a difference right um, and don't be shy you can go and ask questions to a mayor you can ask questions to a township committee you can do a lot of things all you need to do is say I'm a reporter always identify who you are and Either through I'm an independent reporter with my own website or my own podcast, or I'm an official reporter with the school. Right? What's interesting is that you don't give up your rights as a, as a citizen, right? Just because you're a student, there are limitations. What can be published in the school newspaper? We'll talk about Hazelwood and um, the Clearview case and all these different uh, all these different other cases, uh, the Tinker Tinker uh, Tinker case. Um, but. If the school doesn't allow you, you say, it's not like, oh well, you can go out and publish things on your own website. Uh, we'll talk about different things that schools have done, said no to journalists, and the journalist says, no, we need to report this about this one sex worker. And then they published it online, and then it became national news, and so that can happen. All right? Or you can send your piece to local newspapers and see if they can publish it. All right, this happens. Here's an example. We, uh, Board of Education, uh, there's people running. We need to know their stances, their positions, um, so people can make an educated decision on who to vote for in school board elections. Again, this is doing community outreach. This is a service to the community. I'm not sure if this was done in the local papers, but here, this is news is all news, all politics is local, right? So let's cover local politics. And a school board election is political. All right, uh, we've done things like what's happening around the community and the state, and different things like that. Again, little short little blurbs um, of what's happening. All right, this could be opinion, or it can be just features, or it could be on a news page. Topics condensed for quick reading, like Federal Watch. Uh, We did something about this is the federal government, this is what was happening, Uh, Utah monuments, different things like that happening. to repeal congress uh votes to repeal net neutrality so we can do like your state watch what's happening in your local capital these are the votes this is how people voted right and so people know some information right you present it whether they take it or not that's up to them but at least you're doing the work of of delivering the news in the most professional manner possible. All right, there's also this thing called advocacy journalism. If you've studied journalism and history and Teddy Roosevelt, the Progressive Era, uh, busting of the like Standard Oil and the big corporations and the and the trust and the monopolies, um, and then of course you know the Chicago, like Upton Sinclair and that kind of stuff, and you know rat pieces in your food. You can be an advocate. Right, you can still do great journalism, and you can do great journalism with a position. I have a position. Right, we're pulling out of the Paris Accords, and you know uh, the environment is important to uh, X student or Y student, and you do a lot of research to show why this may be a bad thing or might be a great thing. But you're an advocate for something, and then you go with information, you find research. You might do concessions, like I understand the the opposition says this, this, and this, and they might have a good reason for that. But that's why this is wrong, and this is why this is right. So oftentimes, this takes a while to cook, and if you have like a two-week deadline to get your piece in, you might have to ask your advisor or your editor, saying, "Listen, uh, can I push this piece back another month or two or three because it needs more time to percolate? It needs more. It needs more time to marinate." Um, and I need more. I need more sources. Oftentimes, these are longer pieces, and we can. I can show you some pieces that we've done in the past that are long. But again, has this kind of idea of advocacy journalism. We've covered um, like uh, Obamacare, Trump Care, NASA. Um, we've covered all bunch of things. Uh, Jewish community galvanizes strength. We've done uh, adventuring for a cause, understanding the Syrian crisis. Uh, responsibility to the earth, we've covered Trump overhauls EPA environmental regulations in favor of business interests, you put it with a political cartoon, some pull quotes, you can make the text a little bit more appetizing, although a student facing that much text is problematic. Um, and it's probably a little text heavy there. But this was a, uh, what this was was an end-of-the-year project. Uh, there's no final because we put out a product every single month Online, on YouTube, podcasting, Their, students are doing a lot of stuff. All right, So really, a finalist is kind of redundant by this point. But everyone picks a topic that they're really, really passionate about, and they do some advocacy journalism. Whether it's like, okay, let's talk about the heroin that's in our community. Like heroin hits home, hypodermic needles underneath swing sets, at berlin this is a problem people might not know about that i didn't know about that until i had a reporter report it's not just the inner cities it's like it could be right here in our hometowns all right another thing that you guys can do is uh panel discussions um you can have a topic invite members of the school uh to come and talk about the topic on hand right it's good to have like a diversity of opinion if it's all conservative or all liberal okay that's just an echo chamber Um, and then it's just like propaganda. But let's have a discussion in a civil matter, right? Um, Let's have students podcast. Um, I oftentimes have them write opinion pieces, uh, put a microscope, a microscope, ha, that's fun. I put a a microphone in front of them and say, okay, record it, all right, let's record it. We'll put it on SoundCloud, we'll put it on Spotify, that's our next step, and publicize it. As we hear from Audible, listening is the new reading, right? People are listening all the time, in their cars, on their phones. Um, so podcasting right So people might not want to sit down and read, but they will listen to what you have to say And again, diversity of opinion. Um, a good policy of a school or a staff is to have uh, guest columnists that or staff you have a, a staff columnist you, you know you can have fashion columnists, you can have uh, music, you know local music, you could have your political beat writers, you can have your art beat writers, you know the columns is great having their picture with with the column that's on a specific topic also get people as guests that are not on the staff that are great writers that have something to say and add that layer to the school i mean i get things published in the courier post inquirer i'm not an Inquirer reporter they might send me 50 bucks 75 bucks for a piece not much but at least it's getting my work out there okay so having guest speakers or guest uh, columnists, even from the community, is a great idea. All right, Uh, have your mayor write something, you know, if this is his chance or her chance to contact, you know, with the student body, right, and it might be a really good idea. They might not want to do it, but it might be an opportunity for them to reach the voter, right. Here we covered um, uh, the presidential, the whole thing about Trump and Russiagate and Watergate and are there any balance? You know, we study Watergate in class. Let's now look at uh, the Ukraine. Let's take a look at this impeachment versus the Nixon impeachment and the Clinton impeachment and the Johnson impeachment. So yeah, it's journalism but it's also history class. right, we need to know our history. Important is having something called like a pro-con. So you have a topic and then you have students write opinion pieces that are this way or that way, and then you run them side by side. Okay, This is really, really important for a number of reasons. right? So you have staff, select an issue that's current and high, have the staff read the articles, read articles on the issue so they can find out some information. Uh, if they just write what they think, uh, that's not really doing journalism, that's not doing research. right? So they need logos, they need facts and statistics and come up with good logical arguments. right? And also, heartfelt arguments. Sometimes it's the, it's the pathos, it's the emotional ones that reveal a lot. And also, of course, ethos and ethics, right? And uh, the credibility of the writer. Uh, students can debate the topic in class, have students do a Four Corners activity where you agree, disagree, somebody disagree. You can do that as movement in the classroom. Um, have students write an opinion. Uh, you can even have it in teams or individually, and you just the, the editors select the best ones to go side by side, right? Also, very, very important. Uh, very important is to have some kind of letters to the editor. This is very, very tough. Professional newspapers don't really have a problem because they get stuff but high school newspapers, I mean, it comes out and then you know you're happy if you get one or two comments, oh good paper, oh whatever, but um, generally people read stuff but they don't think about, oh I need to go go to that writer to say, they just read it and then they go on with their life. But if someone's really upset or has a suggestion or there's an obvious inaccuracy, and of course student journalists do that, um, then there's a chance for that person or a community member to write something. Right? We get things sometimes like someone like, you know, a Trump supporter was very upset when he read in the newspaper. It was in the local theater and he was like, you know, disrespecting this country. How can you allow students to do this to your president? I'm like, do you understand the First Amendment? He had no name. You know, so we didn't publish it, but if he had a name and he had the guts to, or she had the guts to put a name and like a town, we would, right? We would. Um, but with no name, it's then it's just like a, it's just a dart flying out of nowhere hitting you, right? So if you have your beliefs, you know, have the integrity, right, to at least put your name on it, right? All right, uh, have a submissions policy. It's like okay, it's not just the staff who can write stuff. Um, like if you have an article, if you have an essay, submit it to us, right? These can be from teachers. We've published teachers, we've published um, outside writers, right? Uh, local community members are always good to use. Um, and it doesn't have to be just the staff, right? You look at any local newspaper, oftentimes you see people who are professionals, who are nurses, who are doctors, who are dealing with the different crises and anxiety and depression and heroin and uh, all these different issues that teens are facing and the community is facing, and they're knowledgeable. They have the ethos, right? And so they write from their perspective. And oftentimes they're very, very uh, effective. Here's a piece that uh, Hana Dasto won first place. She wasn't even on the staff. She was one of my AP writers. She was good, she was a ringer. She wrote this piece about voice, returning to student writing. Getting away from cookie cutter writing, it, was, I, it touched me as a writer, it, it was just great. And of course I knew when I read it, I'm like, okay, this is going to win first place or place somewhere, right? But more importantly, kids read it and then they find like, wait a second, maybe I can find my voice. So it's not about winning awards. It's just doing good writing that touches people, that reaches people, that changes people. Make sure that you have a variety of, of, of voices heard. It can't be all just one side or all just the other side. Uh, newsrooms are always like you know that one reporter, uh, Shepard from Fox. He says, "I'm out of here." Right? I'm trying to do real journalism, but I can't. And then he just, like on that on that one day, he left, and everyone was like shocked. Right? He Says, "I can't work here anymore," um, and it, that's that's problematic. right? If if an independent voice cannot feel independent, or if a staff says we're going to stifle the opinions of a student because we don't like or appreciate that person, well that's not a democracy, right? It's not a democracy. So we've had articles about, uh, about Planned Parenthood, Don't Defund It, we've had articles about uh, the ineffectiveness of feminist movement, we've had articles against, you know, uh, about abortion, saying hey what well, they never told you about, you know, the facts of life and here's a woman uh, with a hole in her belly. Uh, you know, obviously against abortion, but again, uh, all all opinions are needed and desired. Right? Uh, when will we all matter about uh, Black Lives Matter? Facebook, a data b- a breach. Facebook is not a friend. Is this an obstruction of uh, democracy? Uh, what we can learn from Logan Paul's mistake. Monsi here writing an opinion piece. She's an opinion writer and uh, make sure your opinion pages are clearly labeled. Political cartoonists, we uh, this is very difficult because sometimes you don't have the greatest artist. Sometimes one year I had like the greatest artist ever and they went first, second, third place and they could do things like in five or 10 minutes. Other times it's like, okay, we really need somebody to do this. You might have the idea, but you need someone else to make it happen. So you go to your art classes, you find people who can do drawing. Uh, like Thomas Nass brought down the Tammany Hall. Oh helped because he just wrote cartoon after cartoon after cartoon criticizing uh, the, uh, the uh, Tammany Hall. Okay here's some other examples you know how you know the opinion pages you know when they open up they what, what they should look like uh, we, we take a look at professional newspapers and see how we can emulate and tweak it a little bit to you know for our coverage for the Voyager's coverage. So we have the staff editorial, we have the editorial cartoon, we have a columnist, we have the staff box. Uh, and then maybe something else, All right. So And then you have letters to the editor, an opinion, you know, other kind of columnist. Okay, So these are these two pages open out and you know you want it to make it as appealing as possible, right? Uh, text mixed with more pictures and graphs and things like that. The future leaders of America, whether it's political, uh, leaders in your hospitals, in local communities, boardrooms, whatever, just might be in your journalism classrooms, right? Kids in the journalism classroom may not become journalists, but they may very well become a leader. They might become a leader in the educational reform movement. They might become a leader as a doctor in getting new procedures done and getting published and and going to speaking engagements. So, What happens in high school journalism has a rippling effect. and and Most importantly, you just have the conviction to be able to be a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old and speak truth to power. What other, what other subject in school can you go to a superintendent and say, "I have some questions for you." This is, we're going to get this published. All right. If you're just a local student, they might listen to you, or he or she might listen to you. But because you're a reporter, now it's going to get published. So it's very, very careful, right? So you now have that responsibility. And it's a big responsibility. You got to treat it with respect, and not, uh, you know, this is not something that you want to do. You, it, this is not just an easy elective. This is a very tough elective. But it, it makes you so much an adult, and so responsible, and you're kind of like, an, you come into the room in an adult, or come in as a kid, but in this room, in the newsroom, and interviewing people, and doing the work of professionals, you grow up so fast, and you take that confidence wherever you go. Thank you so much.